hard. <laughs> Merch is so hard. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. This is the official first episode since the renaming of the podcast to Non-Toxic Granola. Today we talk to my dear friend Layla, who has graciously called me out for the historically harmful use of the word ho, and why I've decided to take it out of my title and use this as an educational moment for us all. She talks in depth about how it was used and the reasons it's harmful. Then we segue into talking about kink, BDSM, setting boundaries, we talk about monogamy versus polyamory, dating preferences, and much more. Stick around to find out what's inside Layla's kinky tickle trunk, and at the end you'll be hearing the definition of what a lip sweater is. It was new to me. Today we have our wonderful guest, Layla, my dear friend, Layla. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm going to try and remember how to use words <laughs> yes. and how to keep being my, you know, amazing, articulate self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't even look at the microphone. Just look, look, look into my eyes, honey. I'm looking in your eyes. Look into my eyes. All right. Tell us who you are. Introduce yourself. Like, give us your little history background. What is it you're interested in? What are you passionate about? What do you do? Um, well, I'm really passionate about psychology and mental health, um, about uh, women in, in sports and athletic f- spheres. Um, I work as a behavior interventionist, which I love. I work for like such a wonderful company, which I think is a big a big deal mm-hmm. which like i know that after working for not so great a company yeah because i i don't think i've told anyone this but i was definitely also working as a behavior interventionist last year and the company was absolutely terrible layla almost went to work for the same company and i was like abort mission <laughs> abort. <laughs> no eject don't go work for them they're trash <laughs> yeah so now now i work for a wonderful wonderful company um, and I love my job and I love my kids and <laughs> I'm like, so yeah, I'm just, I'm also so happy to be done the eight year undergrad degree. Yeah. So for context, Layla and I both went to UVic and we met probably back in what, like 2017? Yeah. Cause we were taking motivation, emotion and well-being yeah, psychology and we did, class together. And we did all those projects together. We had so yes. much, we had so much fun doing that. Yeah. We did a project about mental health. We did a speech about mental health in sport. Yes, that was great. That was good. We had so many, we had so many people talking in the, or asking questions. Yeah. And we got, yeah, we got a good mark on that. And ever since that day, I knew if I started a podcast, I was like, Layla's going to make an appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you are an athlete as well, right? Yeah, I um, was forced into athletics as a fat kid. My mom was like, you're chubby. We need to get this going. Yeah. My super athletic, like badass mother was like, is this my child? I think she needs to do sport. Same. My Weight Watchers obsessed fat phobic mother was like, this won't fly. Not in my family. You will not bring shame to this family name. Yeah. I think that (laughs) my mom was raised by her mother with... With the phrase, what goes on the lips goes on the hips. Oh my gosh. I know, right? Same. I swear. And it's like, it's been watered down for me, but that was definitely an internal mantra that, you know, my mom 
Sometimes verbally said. Sometimes. Dude, same. Like, we, my mom, like, okay, no, I'd be like, can I have dessert after dinner? I'd, like, go try and sneak a cookie that I baked, by the way. And then even my dad would be, like, fat shaming it. He'd be like, he'd be like, I'm trying to maintain my ladylike figure. And I was like, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> I have hips enough for the both of us. Let me eat my damn cookie in peace. <laughs> yeah, so. So what's the word? Okay, so I used to play volleyball, and then I, <laughs> I realized that I was a much better endurance athlete, and so mm-hmm. I started rowing, um, which I've been doing, doing for like nine years, which is so weird. Nine. Yeah, because I... Eight yeah. of which were spent in university. <laughs> Lip- yeah, actually, unfortunately. It's a slow grind, It's huh? a slow grind. You know what, though? I, like, look back at all the different ways, like have done my degree faster or I could have gone to a different school and like how my life would have turned out and I look at my life and I'm like you know what I am I'm happy with where I am and I'm happy with the choices that I made and I love my friends and overall like my life is good like I would kind of have I would have like a hard time imagining that like I could have made better choices (laughs) I mean we could always make some better choices I say that and then all of a sudden I start going through like the list you're like wait I'm like wait no that he could have been a better choice (laughs) all in all you're where you're meant to be exactly exactly awesome yeah so that's me this is Layla and you're for the listeners, you're how old? I'm 26. She's 26. 26. She's been around. She knows a thing or two. And she's going to share some knowledge with us today. Yeah. Got some personal personal experience. We got some, like, got some good, I think, his, got some good, like, history yeah. information we're going to go over a little bit. Oh, yeah. Big, uh, okay, so I have recently been introduced. Thank you to Layla to a very big learning curve that's going to be affecting this podcast. I'm actually going to be going and rebranding a little bit and changing the name since, you know, we're dedicated we're dedicated to always improving, always learning, and trying to be the least problematic as possible. And so Layla uh, grace, graciously informed me that there is some history to the word ho that I was not aware of at all and um, you know it's really not maybe appropriate for me to be using and attempting to ultimately profit off of because I mean I'd love to monetize this podcast one day and I've um, I've been outspoken about problematic white feminism and I just found out I was low-key being one of the fucking problematic white feminists by integrating the term ho into my brand and my podcast name so Layla, can you tell the people, tell my listeners what you told me? Let's let's all learn and uh, educate ourselves together. Yeah. So the word, the word "ho" is has primarily been used to target Black female sex workers, and so when you are particularly a white individual using this word, it is very very problematic. And you know, I asked some people if they could. Um, give me some more like background information because you know Lindsay and I actually went online and we couldn't find any any information Mm -hmm. it's not it's not I don't feel like it's common knowledge unless you have some type of connection to the sex work community 
Um, because you know, you know, these, these individuals that you're asking, they're sex workers. They are sex they workers. They are sex workers. And, yeah. um, yeah, these are conversations that I've had with sex workers before. It's pretty common knowledge in the sex worker community, but you know, see, society doesn't love sex yeah. workers. Society doesn't love listening to sex workers or taking them seriously. Stigma. <laughs> Stigma. Hmm. Um, so anyways, I sent, I asked, I asked a few sex worker friends and they very graciously gave some, you know, some great, um, responses. So I'm going to kind of read, read those off because I feel like they're just a lot more articulate than I am. So I asked them, I was like, Hey, like, I know this word is problematic. Can you please give me some, like some background, some context? And they're like, okay, sure. And so one individual said that, um, it's a slur against black street workers or black women who people wanted to slander as being overly sexual. And so that's kind of the main, the main sort of background of it. Um, somebody else talked about how it was first recorded in 1965 to 1970, a dialectical or black English pronunciation of whore. Mm-hmm. Um, Another individual commented, commented that it's um, AAVE, which I just learned is African American Vernacular. That's, a, yeah. a, that's an acronym. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say AAVE. Um, and, so, and so using it, especially profiting off of the word, if you're not black, can be seen as cultural appropriation. White, supremac- white supremacist systems have taken a lot of AAVE for use in marketing to young people without ever crediting black people. So it's a bit of a sore spot when we use their words without any knowledge of the etymology. I. So essentially this word, when you're using it, it is a word that has long been used to suppress black women, um, black sex workers, and it's not it's just it's just not appropriate to use you sound like a white feminist and if a sex worker was to hear you know you say you're like oh you know to hear you use this word you know they would they would genuinely think that you are not educated that you do not care and that would be a big red flag to honestly probably never really feel safe around you because mm-hmm. you haven't done your research um you don't know as much as you think you do. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're here to educate, you know, we're here to improve. Um, and, you know, Lindsay and I were talking about this and we were like, you know what? You don't know what you don't know. Until, until you know it. Until you know it. <laughs> so, you know what? Now you know it. And if you know this and you keep using the word, you are problematic. And frankly, I would argue that you don't really care about, mm-hmm. you don't care about sex workers and you... You know, the, you don't care about black sex workers, frankly. I uh, am taking accountability right now because it does go counter to my philosophy and what I've claimed I want this podcast to stand for and represent. And so this is to officially say um, I take responsibility for the fact that I misused the word in my title and I'm going to be rebranding now to non-toxic granola. So before I would... Uh, have just put get non-toxic with lens at the bottom of my logo but now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna switch it up to non-toxic granola with lens because hey 
we're committed to learning, we're committed to improving, and it's never too late to be able to take accountability and, and own up to the mistakes we've made and the misuse of words. But yeah, like Layla said, if, if you are now aware of the context and the history of this word and continue choosing to use it, just be aware of how it's impacting folks, mm -hmm. how it's perceived. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, if you really want to be non-toxic, you gotta do the research and then you gotta, you gotta do the work. Yeah, and it's like, talk the talk, walk the walk, right? 100%, yeah, no, and good, I... Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Blunt honesty always. I really, I really do appreciate blunt honesty because what the fuck else are we doing out here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, right? Like, as my friend, you can't just let me walk around being ignorant as fuck. I know. <laughs> like, this is, that's just embarrassing. Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, okay. So, going back, because we're going to segue you, thank you for sharing those um, insights from the sex work community. Uh, you are not directly within the sex worker community. However, by proxy, you are in contact with quite a few individuals who are because you have some friends, right? That's yeah. Some, some friends who are in the sex worker community. And I feel like in psychology, you also, you also did direct a lot of your study and research towards like sex worker rights and stuff. And I know you said you want to, we're going to do a whole other episode and really dive in to to the concept of sex worker rights and the issues around legality and safety and every little thing but uh, I was wondering if you wanted to talk a like a little give a little brief synopsis and a little preview of what's to come before we carry on yeah I think yeah I think the I think the big thing is that <laughs> I see with a lot of white feminists mm -hmm. And I, I use that word very pointedly. Mm -hmm. Is that a lot of a lot of especially white women like to you know think that they're very woke and they yeah. like to think that they're very aware of what's going on, and then you get into the sphere of sex work, which is not something that has been you know very focused on. Um, it hasn't, I think, gone through a big you know political movement yet. Um, and so, you know, people are kind of left to their own devices to really think about, you know, to really have their thoughts about it instead of having somebody else kind of like direct what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. And so there is a lot of negative, um, there are still so many negative attitudes towards sex workers, despite the fact that everybody watches porn. Yeah, dude. Everybody watches porn. And people go to strip clubs and they think it's, you know, they think it's such a funny joke, um, you know, and rich men buy escorts and sugar babies and, you know, they go see dominatrixes and, but nobody wants to protect them. Everybody yeah. wants to use the service, but nobody wants to take care of the people who are making the goods happen for them. And a lot of the time, you know, it's it's hard as a sex worker. It's hard as a sex worker to 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 use to use OnlyFans, and people think it's a joke, and frankly, it's not. Um, it's really hard, um, even though OnlyFans has been completely built off the backs of sex workers. You know, there are there's some like 
Canadian pole vaulter. I don't remember what her name is. Um, but she has started an OnlyFans account. And I just think it's such a fucking joke that I'm like, okay, great. You're some like hot white girl and you're not putting anything out there and you're honestly just making it harder for all of the people who are actually trying to make like a genuine profit who need to use this as a platform to get their content out there. And then you have people like Bella Thorne who are just completely fucking it up. Um, like that was a really big thing a few months ago where she got she got an OnlyFans account because she wanted to experience what it was like to be a sex worker. And within twenty mm. like twenty four hours, I think she had like a million followers, um, and she charged so much fucking money uh, for people to see her private photos. And then she didn't post anything. And then OnlyFans changed. Um, essentially like the financial platform making it so 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 much harder for sex workers to get any money out essentially they have to make um it's like a certain amount like it's like a hundred or two hundred dollars i need to look this up mm -hmm. um before they can actually pull money out so like let's say they have 75 dollars and they really fucking need that 75 dollars they can't access it until they get a hundred it's bullshit oh. And this is what I mean, is it's the discrimination towards sex workers and nobody gives a shit. Everybody thinks that this is okay. It's like, oh, it's not that hard. Yes, it fucking is. Especially if it's like survival sex work, like it's your only means of income. God, and that fucking kills me when... Okay, so in the movie... So I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie um, Hustlers. Uh, it's with like Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez and I think like Cardi B is in there as well. And essentially, you know, people were giving it a lot of shit because the background of it is it's a bunch of it is the the film focuses on um, a bunch of uh, dancers um, and essentially they start turning a profit by drugging men and then essentially just like taking like large amounts of money off of them mm. and everyone's like, oh, my God, they're stealing from them. They're they're horrible, horrible women. And I'm just like, is it better for them to let their children starve? Like, this is survival sex work. There are no rules. The only rule is that you survive, that you put food on the table, that mm -hmm. you get away from your abusive partner. I think uh, it was it was Cardi B who, it was Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion. I, again, I you know need to do my research doing this off the cuff a little bit who talked about how this was something that she did when she was a dancer and people are like, you're a terrible person. How dare you steal from those mm -hmm. men? She was in an abusive relationship. Yep. It's like, how, how can you, you judge somebody for doing something they needed to survive? Yeah. It's like, like speaking, it's judging from a place of privilege where you, you can sit there and consume, be like a mindless consumer and not have to consider the real life, lived experiences and consequences for those who are providing the service 100 percent, and that's you know and this is part of the the issues that i have with with feminists i say that with air quotes yeah. you know, and that's why you know then i you know i'm like white feminist if i say that you're a white feminist that is not a compliment no no um and just their attitude towards sex work like they don't fucking get it they have you're totally right they sit in a place of privilege and they're like i would never do that you don't know what you would do when your partner is hitting yeah. you and you can't eat and yeah. you are literally fighting for your life you will do anything you need like emergency funds to be able to get to a safe location 
yeah to be able to get away and support yourself and not be dependent on the abuser yeah like how dare you say that she shouldn't you know be doing absolutely everything and anything she Mm -hmm. can and that it's better for her to stay with somebody who is abusive than frankly to steal money from steal money from so again i put that in air quotations like like those men don't also try and steal like a physical affection from aka r-a-p-e do you know what i'm saying yeah no i totally do i'm like it's like you know how many sex workers are also being assaulted regularly because there's no protection yeah like the the daily hive recently put out this article about how like sex workers are stealing from men and i'm just like this is like i didn't even read the article because i knew that it was going to just make me so angry Uh but like i'm just like i would like are these survival sex workers why are they, you know, stealing from men? Quote unquote, yeah. Quote unquote, stealing from men. I'm just like, where where does this opinion come from? Where does your inflammation come from? Like, it just, sex work is a gray zone. Mm-hmm. And people are really uncomfortable in the gray. And so, like, you know, for your, for your listeners who are genuinely trying, you know, to improve themselves, I would just say you need to think about things critically. Mm-hmm. You really need to take in all the information and try and as much as you can extend your perspective to to these individuals and what life is genuinely like. Because, you know, Sesta and Fosta, which by the way was pushed forward by Kamala Harris, like as much oh! as pe- Yeah, dude. Yeah, as much as people want to love on Kamala Harris, I'm sorry, but she's not perfect. And she's 100%, she's better than the alternative. better than the alternative but she's not perfect like people love to just like push her forward as like some like fucking godsend and I'm like yeah she made hell she made like hell for millions of sex workers in North America so for context for anyone who's not familiar could you please just quickly define SESTA and FOSTA Mm -hmm. so SESTA and FOSTA were these laws that were pushed forward I think in 20... 2018, 2018, roughly, primarily, and it was essentially started in the States, and the idea behind SESTA and FOSTA was that they were going to protect um, individuals from being sex trafficked, and so the idea behind it is that SESTA and FOSTA would shut down any third parties that provided a platform to people who are um, essentially providing... providing a platform to people to sell like to sell sex Mm -hmm. and so the big one was backpages.com and it's like yes it did help with that maybe but also the number but it also shut down essentially a virtually free platform for sex workers and it tightened up all of um, all of the laws around sex work in the United States. So, like, I have heard multiple stories about, you know, Canadian sex workers trying to get into the U.S. and they get stopped at the border and they are now banned from going into the States because, mm. yeah, they look through their phone and they're like, you're a sex worker, get they're out. They're criminalized. Yeah, they're criminalized. That's exactly it. Um, there, I've heard stories about sex workers in the States who have essentially, like, you know been hired like hired and it's a sting 
and Shit. yeah and they get jailed they get fined it's really fucking serious and they think that they are and essentially the thing with Sest and Foss is that they presented it as like oh we're gonna protect people we're gonna protect vulnerable people who are being sex trafficked they knew what they were doing these mm-hmm. laws were maybe you know with the intention to, mm-hmm. to help young people who are you know being sex trafficked and there, there is a documentary about this about like some oh, I need to look it up about but about sex trafficking on backpages.com and so like yes it happens but you know it has also essentially you know forced sex workers into a corner and it has allowed you know platforms like Leolith to absolutely ramp their prices up making it super super hard for sex workers to advertise Mm -hmm. it's made it really dangerous for people to um, essentially to take clients because essentially the vetting process is now much more difficult Um, a lot of people lost work because they were way too scared to take clients um so between you know sesta fosta initially coming out and then covid sex workers have been in an incredibly tight space for a very very long time um yeah but that is essentially the gist behind sesta and fosta you know if i come back on Mm -hmm. i will be able to essentially bring more context bring more dates um and kind of give you a more accurate timeline of what exactly has happened, but that is that is Sesta and Fosta in a nutshell. Thanks. Yeah, because I uh, I've heard like for instance in the state of Nevada, sex work is te- or in Las Vegas at <clears throat> least, sex work is legalized, correct? And there's things like the Bunny Ranch, like like the Playboy Bunny Ranch, and like I know that that's kind of like a mild example of like having a third party provider that hosts and provides a vetting process for any clients and it has like safety nets for the workers a little bit right would you 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 have mixed feelings about it i have extremely mixed feelings Tell about me. this so everyone's like oh my god this is another way to red flag a okay. white feminist is when they're like oh my god sex work just needs to be legalized it's like no dude it oh. needs to be decriminalized decriminalized okay 100 percent. i i genuinely feel like there are very few sex workers who think that sex work should be legalized because it is legalization is another form of control it doesn't ah. it it maybe it helps some sex workers in certain contexts but it will always make it difficult because then the, the government's just going to try and ta- like tax it and make profits off of it as well they tax it they yeah they tax it they will control essentially who can sex work mm. they control how you do it which doesn't work for everybody right so okay great you if you want to be a sex worker in the state of Nevada, you have to work at a ranch, but that means you have to live in this specific place. Your finances are controlled by one person. You have to do what they say. You have to run on their schedule. So no autonomy. There's no autonomy. You have to take the clients that they want. They are able to charge you. Um, I'm not totally sure how essentially working their works. They have to pay like rent. Exactly. But yeah. like, I'm assuming they have to pay rent. They have to pay for yeah. their food. You are living, you know, essentially isolated uh, and again like i need to kind of brush up on my information about this um uh, but in the from my understanding in the state of nevada um you are only essentially allowed to work like on a like a, a bunny ranch or something like that but it has to be like outside of city limits like there yeah. is essentially a number of people 
essentially citizens who are essentially allowed within the proximity. So tech, I don't think that technically sex work is legal in Las Vegas, right. but it is legal in Nevada. And so, yes, yeah, so it gets very complicated where there are all these like loopholes where they're like, oh, we can bust you in Las Vegas, but you're good, you know, 50K out of the city in the middle of nowhere. Damn. Yeah. And again, I, for context, I might, I need to do brushing up on this. Mm -hmm. um, but that is, from my understanding, essentially how it works in Nevada. In a similar, while we're talking about sex and sex positivity and empowerment, Today, we're also going to talk to Layla about the world of kink. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Take it away, Layla. Tell us, what do you, where do you stand on it? What are your thoughts and opinions on kink? Because it's also very stigmatized. And let's talk about the misrepresentation of the BDSM community in Fifty Shades of Grey. Bonding. Bond, like bondage? No, no, no. Bonding? In the, in it's a yeah, yeah, no. It's a t it's a TV show called Bonding. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. First thing, every sex worker that I I talked to was like, "What the fuck is with her corset in the last couple of episodes?" <laughs> no self-respecting dominatrix would ever wear <laughs> such a poorly made corset or one that fit her so shittily. Oh, I have seen this show. I watched it so when it came out first. Yeah. The one who's also like a grad student or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, in psychology, yeah, yeah. literally in psychology or something. That is the most realistic part of that. Yeah. Is that paying for university through sex through work. Sex work. That is the only realistic part of this show. Yeah. But yeah, she like pulls out some some like whips or something. She's like, I'm a dominatrix. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah like walks into her class and is like, Whoosh. yeah. I'm just, here's my great reveal. Like yeah. she's like, I'm coming out as a, a dominatrix, and everyone was like, huh? I'm yeah. She, like, tied someone to a chair or something. Yeah, and she was wearing that super shit corset. Yeah, if you were a real dominatrix, that would be pure... That would be 100% leather, and it would fit you like a glove. <gasps> That's hot. Yeah, hers was not. Uh, no. You know. Also, I didn't... Yeah. Oh so, not... Gosh. Anyways, misrepresentation in many forms of media. Yes. It's common trend, isn't it? It is. Yeah, everyone's like, I just want to get into BDSM, and... You know, I get some shit cuffs from, I don't know, Lacenza or something. I remember seeing that. Or, like, Victoria's Secret. I'm just like, what is this shit? Yeah. Man, if I got annoyed, with, if somebody put those cuffs on me and I got annoyed, I would just, like, like rip my arms apart and snap them and be like, yeah, I'm over. Put your pants on and get out. You mean, like, the fuzzy handcuffs? <laughs> I had those ones. You gotta, you gotta start somewhere though. I swear, you know that store like Spencer's or whatever that's oh, literally like a yeah. gag store. Like oh. I literally got them from there. Yes, you know what? You gotta start somewhere. They're but when... pink fuzzy hair. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's okay. You upgrade as you go on. You know. Yeah, yeah. You upgrade yeah, yeah. as you go on. Yeah, but yeah, no. It's actually really funny that you bring that up. So, um, I have this chest in my apartment. Lindsay, you can see the, the brown chest in the corner. Oh, yeah. That's where I, I keep all the sex stuff. Oh, fun! I didn't <laughs> know what was hiding in there. Yeah, I know, right? Because I don't normally... It's so unassuming. It's just like a... It just looks like, like you're like... I know. You have like, like, like throw pillows and blankets in there, maybe. So for a while, I kept all of... So I, I moved all of my kind of like the kink stuff out of there because like I wasn't using it. Um, and, you know, like I've kind of gone through some phases and kind of in the last like kind of two years or whatever, haven't really like been into it had some stuff happen and I was like I 
don't really feel safe doing this anymore. Like, I don't really want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but now it's like, so anyways, so, so, you know, I didn't mind taking all of my, my kind of king stuff out of there. And then, you know, I had a, had a dog for a while, put all like the dog food, the dog toys and stuff like <laughs> Just that. Just different in. kinds of collars. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> actually though, different toys. Um, I guess they could actually like, they could kind of function. If, if you're into puppy play, I mean, it works. Yeah, that is a kink, folks. It is a, it is a kink, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, but you know, literally right before you came over, I was like, I guess I'm not using it for dog stuff anymore. So like, I should just put all my stuff back in there so I've got like 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 my my sort of like bondage board and shit in there now and I gotta ha- I have to go through like my storage unit and get out you know all the stuff and reorganize and put it back in would you okay, would you feel comfortable sharing with us some of the goodies that you have hiding in this little tickle trunk <laughs> I'm fucking I'm oh my god I'm fucking renaming it to the tickle trunk holy shit Holy shit! It's like the twisted adult version of like a know, toy like, chest. A toy chest, like when you when you're a kid and like they call it a tickle trunk because you just like have random costumes and you play dress up and get really weird with it. But now it's like the X-rated version. <laughs> I oh my god! Dude, imagine like you have a dude over and you're like, hold on, babe, let me go to my tickle trunk. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> And he's like, oh shit. <laughs> so you pull out a made up face, like, you can put that on. It's like, nah, babe, it's for you. <laughs> Get clean, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. What do I have in the tickle trunk? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even, I can't even right now. I love this. Okay. Um, yeah, stay hydrated, okay. kids. Drink your water. Yeah. Um, hydration, good for your skin. Mm. And your mind. And the natural lubricant. The, you, you know it. You gotta get ready for that tickle trunk to pop open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it, you can't squirt if you're dehydrated. Yeah, come on. I mean, I heard it mostly comes from your bladder anyway. Exactly. You so gotta you, drink water. Yeah, so if, like, if, if somebody's ever gonna get you to squirt, you better get well hydrated beforehand. Okay, so things in my, in my tickle trunk. Oh, yes. Okay, we're getting off track. Okay. <laughs> so... Okay, um, we have various types of vibrators. We have various types of dildos. We have various types of like cuffs, and we got some gags in there. I don't love, honestly, I don't love gags. I've used them before, um, and I've used like different types, and I just find it really, I just find them really annoying, honestly. Like, like- beyond a ball gag? Yeah, like I've used a ball gag. So you can have like ball gags, and then I think they're called like. Pony, I think they're called pony gags. Kind of like a mouth bit. Exactly, thank uh, you. I'm like okay. a mouth bit, or you can have like a ring. I've tried those. Don't love them. Just like not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some different like blindfolds in there. Um, what else? Um, I think technically I have this like bondage system that like you. Like essentially, you would put it like under your bed, and then you would essentially like catch a spread eagle. Yeah, I haven't used that, and it's like somebody gave that to me, and it's not like the. Also, to be fair, it's not the highest of quality, and I am Mm. bit of a snob when it comes to like just low. I like high quality things. Yeah. Just in general, I like high quality food, high quality clothes. 
high quality sex gear. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Exactly. That's exactly my thing. Mm-hmm. It's like less is less is more. Less is more. Because you could spend you can spend a lot of money on sex toys and, and kinkware and like Fuck yeah. Props. If Ooh. I could use that word. Yeah, no no no. That's mm-hmm. totally a word that you can use. Um I don't have any like um what's what's the word? Like I don't have any like floggers or like um, a paddle. <laughs> paddle, thank you. That's what I... I don't have any paddle. I'm just like, use your hands, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, skin is in contact. It's how you get endorphins. I have generally been able to find men who can hit me hard enough with their hands that I'm like, this is good. Mm-hmm. And then you also kind of know, like, if they don't, then it's like, oh, this ain't gonna work. I'm just like... And if you're just like, here's a wood spoon, spank me with it. Like, they don't know, like, they're just like, no. Like, they just, you know, way I mean, too scared. To be, okay, to, to be, be fair, fair, to be fair, I understand the hesitation. Oh, Because, like, I've had, like, a partner before who I was, like, I was, like, slap my face. And he refused because he was, like, listen, I I'm not. I remember he this. He was, like, I'm not trying to, like, mess up your face because he was, like, there's too many um, people out there who would switch up. And like claim assault, and he was like, I he was like, I don't trust people like that. He was like, Listen, like I don't think you would do it, but like I'm just playing it on the safe side. I actually remember that guy. Yeah. Yeah, and like I get it. I like I, you know, not pushing anybody to be like, oh, pull, go into your kitchen where and get creative. <laughs> yeah, just grab the frying pan and hit me over the head with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like little cartoon stars, like yeah. oh baby, yeah. <laughs> Why do we like this? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, we're getting off track. But, dude, last time Layla and I hung out, can I, can we bring about, so, you know what, you know, like when you're like a boxer and you have like those big punching bags like hanging from the ceiling? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is actually funny. Dude, Layla was like going off about how she lets out aggression. So, okay, I. I think if we're getting like really into the kink stuff, I I like to switch. Like it really depends on the partner. Like sometimes you get a partner who is so dominant and you're just like, this is so hot. Like you're just like, yes, this is so hot. And then sometimes you get a partner who's like, slap me, mommy. And you're like, <laughs> okay. And so <laughs> and I like that sometimes, especially when they can like really kind of take a bit of a beating. <laughs> Yep. And again, it's consensual. Like if you yeah, were, yeah, yeah. if you were a good dom, if you were a good partner, you listened to the other person. You have safe words. You have safe words. You kind of know how much they can take. You build up to it. Like you don't just go in. <laughs> you just don't come up with the frying pan right away. Exactly. You know, you warm up with a little one. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. Build up. Yeah, just like a spatula. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> I will. I will say. So, what Lindsay and I were talking about is. So so funny. <laughs> so how how did it go? It's like it's like sometimes Okay, I, I we were talking about choking. Right, we we're talking about choking. And and you were talking about a partner that you had had mm-hmm. where they were he was into you choking him. Oh yeah, yeah. He was so he was more of a sub and he was like really into me choking him. And then I was like, I kind of like this because some as like as much aggression as you can get out from just hitting a punching bag, 
sometimes you want to hear something squeal. <laughs> she was like, it's just better when, you know, someone just, you just hear someone whimpering a little or like wincing. She's like, it's just more satisfying when someone's wincing. <laughs> Again, it's consensual. But there is just she's like, that, she's like, like, she's like, punching a punching bag just doesn't even compare to choking a little boy until he winces. <laughs> Consensually. Consensually. Consensual is key. But yeah, this is like, I just think the deep-seated anger within me that sometimes you just want to punish men. I love it. You're like, fuck the patriarchy. You will feel the wrath of all biofems. <laughs> yeah, you will. Feel the blood cut off from your head, peasant. <laughs> and then tap out when it's too much, but seriously yeah, yeah. feel it. But you will come to the brink of blacking out. That actually has happened before. Oh, yeah. I had one, I, there was this one guy that I was sleeping with and he could really fucking take it. And he was like, he actually brought this like, you know, like the athletic stretching bands. Yeah. He was like, can you choke me with this? Oh my God. And I was like, I don't need to choke you with that because I'm strong enough to choke you without it. And then you're like, honey, I'm a rower. The grip <laughs> strength on me is unmatched. <laughs> unmatched. <laughs> And he was like, he like did not believe me. And so anyways, we're like having sex and I was choking him. And he's like, okay, like I'll tap. Cause like, obviously, you know, he can't talk. So he's like, I'll literally like tap out yeah. if it's too much. <laughs> like it's the fucking, and he's like not expecting this. And I'm just like holding it, holding him, holding him. And then after like a couple of minutes, he's just like, starts like tapping out. And I'm like, Boop, okay, like you're off. And then, you know, like I get off and whatever. And he's just like. He was really surprised. He, he was, was like, "Mommy, <laughs> Ma- mommy, are you my Ma- mommy? Mommy, <laughs> mommy." I'm like, Ma- I mean, mom. I mean, I'm like, the pro- the correct pronunciation is daddy. Yeah, call her daddy. daddy. Dude, I've talked about that podcast, but I I've, I've called them out for being problematic already. They are very problematic. So bad. It's a great title, super clickbaity, but very problematic. Yeah, no, I was like, they're not even going about it the right way, in my opinion, because mm. like I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That is the correct term in this case. Like, yeah, you're like, I'm fucking you. Like, you're not just fucking me. Like, I'm fucking you. Yeah. I'm the one in charge. You're daddy. You're the dom in that moment. But also, like, that podcast is no. No. Yeah, I think I listened to, like, one episode. And even it was one of, like, the earlier episodes. And I was just like, eh. Yeah, no. No. I honestly feel that way about, like, Guys Be Fucked. Like, that used to be so good. I loved the early episodes. And then it became... The first, like, two, kind of three years. Yeah was really really good mm-hmm. and now it's no they also went private like they went they did luminary i literally stopped listening with because then you have because, to pay uh, yeah no that's totally a thing and i think they've probably been on air for like six years now not luminary that's more oh no 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 but oh, i mean the oh, podcast oh, oh. eight been... years wow okay so yeah. yeah i think they switched over to luminary probably about two years ago yeah yeah and i like tried to listen to some like, older episodes and get caught up and then I was listening to like 15 minutes of ads and they're like, subscribe to Luminary to listen to this. I was like, seriously? Lame. But yeah. I mean, good for them. They're getting their millions. Their pockets are lined. They are. And like, you know, good for them for yeah. doing that. But also like. But I was like, oh, this kind of defeats the purpose, I feel like, of like what you originally started the podcast to be. Like it was supposed to be like an accessible, mm-hmm. educational, unstigmatized, unfiltered conversation about sex, sexuality, and yeah, like female empowerment yeah and so like you know another another great podcast suggestion but listen to the first kind of like 
three years of it. I'll talk about them too. Have you? Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, I shouted out my inspirations on the first episode. (laughs) Good. I was like, gotta give credit where credit's due. You actually suggested that I listen. That was your suggestion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was your suggestion. I've been listening since like 2014. Yeah, yeah. God, I should go back and listen to that. That is definitely like a podcast that like you can you can listen to Mm -hmm. like you can re-listen to because corinne fisher one of the co-hosts definitely also talks about like choking boys out and is like a little bit kind of a dom yeah yeah not all the time again definitely partner switch switch yeah no i feel you because as people know i'm pansexual so i've mentioned male partners but i've had other partners of different genders as well and I've noticed because I'm also kind of a little bit gender fluid, um, and I have quite a balance of masculine and feminine energy, if I could describe it that way, mm-hmm. I've noticed when I'm with somebody who has uh, overpowering masculine energy to mine, I become more submissive. Mm-hmm. So like usually with biological males, for the most part, I prefer to be sub. But then with like women or like more feminine non-binaries, I end up usually being the more masculine, more dominant one, and I usually do, like, I'm switched like You're that. daddy? I'm daddy. Yeah. Yeah, like, 100% I'm daddy. But then, like, I I'm, think that's pretty common. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm straight. Um, you know. And it's like, whatever. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I have never said, I'm trying to, I'm like, it's I'm whatever. Sh- it's whatever. <laughs> it's was like, I'm straight. Just you know. things. Yeah, and it's like, girls, like, girls are great. Mm-hmm. Girls are hot. But I don't, like, and I, I, I want a dick in my life. Oh yeah, no, you know? totally fair. I want a dick in my life, and not, not a, not a dildo. You know, not a dildo. I want this is the real, the real mm-hmm. penis, which is unfortunate because men are so difficult sometimes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like honestly, if I could be a lesbian, if I could be bisexual and date women, I, I don't know. I almost think it would fit me more, but I don't. Have you? Okay, I saw this meme, and it was like. I was like, how dare you say sexuality is a choice? Are you kidding me? If sexuality yes, was a choice, yes, I would yes. not be attracted to men. That's exactly <laughs> what I was fucking thinking of. If, like, yes, men? Like if, it, men? if sexuality was a choice, every single biological female would probably be gay. Yes, 100%. Yeah, but if it was a choice, I would, you For know. sure. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Life is, life is incredibly hard yeah. when you are queer. Like, there's so much... Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm not trying to minimize that at all, but Mm -hmm. I just think... We're not romanticizing... No. The the hardships that folks face on a daily basis because of their identities or their sexualities or their gender orientations. Yeah, like, it's 2021 and I have friends who are not out to their parents. Yeah. You know? It's not safe. it's It's not safe. You're worried about acceptance. You know, I know some, like, queer couples who won't travel to certain areas of the world because they're like we might get stoned to death we don't know like yeah <laughs> but sometimes not dealing with men sounds nice but if you are going to deal with men yeah <laughs> learn how to set boundaries boundaries so important boundaries in yeah boundaries in life boundaries in kink boundaries in relationships ca- relationships whether it's like it's casual or it's monogamous or it's polyamorous or whatever you got to you gotta talk. You gotta talk to your partner. You gotta know what's up. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Yes, and if your partner doesn't want to communicate, then I think that you need to rethink your partner. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. like that's a 
that's definitely like a big thing is that I don't know I you just you need to find people who know how to talk to you and mm-hmm. how know how essentially to make sure that you feel safe and you feel secure and like with kink that was definitely something that I learned I learned the hard way was that if you don't set boundaries like you will you will mentally get fucked up Mm -hmm. you will emotionally get fucked up um because you'll let people do things to you and you're just like oh shit like I'm not okay with that and Mm -hmm. suddenly you know you've got you're seeing a therapist three years later if you want to do something go do it but if you're not sure, but you you genuinely want to try it oh. without your partner pushing you, then be like, okay, I want to try this. But if I say no, if I feel unsafe, if I feel weird, you need to stop. Immediately. You need to stop immediately. And then you need to take care of me after. Because people mm-hmm. don't understand essentially the aftercare that yeah. happens with kink. I'm glad you brought that up. They just think they're like, oh yeah, I get to like fuck this person so hard. I get to smack them around and do all this shit. But you need to take care of the partner after. You need to make sure they're okay. You need to make sure they feel safe and secure. And like reassure, like like give like physical, like nice warm physical affection, like kiss and snuggle them, and like make sure they do feel safe and make sure that they're okay after the fact. Yeah, like I'm not gonna like I didn't choke that guy out and then and, dip <laughs> and then dip. Like that's not that's fucked up. You don't do that. Yeah. You make sure that they feel loved. Yeah, yeah, and like in the context of your relationship, that they feel loved and safe and. Yeah affirmed and appreciated Mm -hmm. because they let you do that to them like they weren't just being making sure that the person doesn't feel like they were just used yeah yeah and if and if you know you are explicitly going to do kink that is something that you need to talk about and like seriously like just fucking ask like ask they're like what do you need after and if they're like i don't know then like finish up and be like hey like what would you like to do what can like what's something that you would like Mm mm-hmm you know and if they still don't know then just do something nice for them Mm -hmm. i don't know like cook them some food give them a snuggle you know whatever your love language is exactly however you give or show affection like don't just kick them out of the apartment they're like cool i fucked you now you can go like you know appreciate them for sure because it'd be for that exact reason i have been very 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 selective with who yes in my life i have ever explored or shared my interest in kink with because it is explicitly something that i will only ever do with somebody within the context of a romantic relationship personally some people of course feel more comfortable with they could do it with casual partners anything like that for myself i need to be assured in a romantic exclusive relationship and already have personally i've had to already have established emotional intimacy trust make sure that the communication is going to be present and know that i'm safe with this person before i even open up the possibility because yeah like some people might see it as an opportunity just to be an abuse of power or like to be like oh great i can just degrade her and like treat her like a (laughs) Yeah. like a slut and yeah. and not actually be like okay this person's trusting me with their body and their mind mm-hmm. and i need to respect that with the utmost intention yeah that's no that is that is such a good point mm-hmm. and like i don't do that i i have done that where i'm just like this person's like oh i'm really into this and i'm like cool that sounds like fun it's a toss-up if it's gonna work or not sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not um but like now i'm just like 
no cuffs, no nothing, no like hard BDSM shit mm-hmm. essentially until you know I've kind of gotten to know you. We've had maybe some more like vanilla sex. Yeah. I kind of know what you're about, that I can trust you, that you're not just going to, like, have sex with me and then not, like, text me back. Yeah, and just ghost. And just ghost. After you were so vulnerable. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, especially as a sub, like, you were in a very vulnerable position, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. That's really, really scary. And you, you don't have to do that with everyone. And when people are, like, man, so there will be people who will just try and like push you like oh i want to like i want to come on your face or i want you to swallow or i want to like tie you up or i want to do all this stuff and you're like no i don't feel comfortable with that they're like well you're boring it's like well you're a dick yeah you're inconsiderate and this is a slippery slope to abuse (laughs) yeah and it's like as soon as people start talking to you like that like red for me like red flags yeah like get out of there yeah you put your foot down and you're like no you cannot do this to me you cannot talk to me like that yeah like, I will tell you how you can talk to me. Mm-hmm. I will tell you when you can talk to me like that. Yeah, because you can, um, even as, I don't know if anyone who's listening is maybe not familiar with, like, BDSM or, like, dom- dominant and submissive dynamics, but, like, if you are a submissive, you are not giving up all of your autonomy and your power. Like, you are still, even though, like, within the dynamic, maybe, like, giving up power, you still have safe words. You still have the power to stop it at any moment if you're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable you still have the power to like communicate outside of that and be like okay what are my yeah what are my hard boundaries like what am i comfortable with what am i not comfortable with like what do you have permission to do what do you have permission not to do like you're still kind of like you're almost topping from the bottom i was literally just gonna say that is that honestly the sub holds the power ultimately ultimately the sub holds the power yes and in a good BDSM relationship like that is how it should be yes is that the bottom is the one who you listen to who writes you know the scene if you're gonna do that or Mm -hmm. who sets out the rules for play um but yeah if you are a sub and you do not feel like this dom respects you or that they are listening to you like oh I don't want to do that like I don't want to do that thing like that sounds boring or whatever I want to do this thing and you don't want to not a good dom Mm -hmm. and I see that so much people are like I've been a dom for five years and I just love to fuck bitches. I'm like, ah! I'm like you're just a misogynist. You're a misogynist <laughs> who doesn't, like, just fuck right off, man. You're like, go be an incel or something. Like, <laughs> God, I hate when I see that on, like, on Tinder or something or just anywhere and guys are like, I'm a dom. I'm like, no, you're not. If you have to advertise it like that publicly, it is not being respected properly. Yeah, then you're, yeah. You're a joke. (laughs) Yeah, if you have to say that you are something, you are not that thing. You know, like, you should be good enough at something. You should have enough of, like, that attitude where people are like, that is a dominant personality. Oh, yeah, because it comes out, like, the first couple exchanges of messages on a dating profile, Mm. you can or I don't know at least you and I are pretty intuitive and could sense that shit immediately some people may be a little bit more um, unaware yeah or just like like, you know not able to read it over text as well I find that like the in-person interaction is much more telling Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just like like when you find like a good like a good dawn it's like it's not just in like it's not just in bed it's kind of like in general 
just like a guy who's just like they've got that like confident attitude. Ah, uh, yeah. They yeah, are yeah. just like okay. they know what they want. I agree. They know how to communicate it. That's hot. It's so. Oh my god. That's not even doming. I swear, that's just being a respectable man. <laughs> but it's unfortunately hard to find, apparently. But yeah, but that like that communication of like, I've oh my god, when a guy is just like so hot. Oh. I'm like, so high. Yes, daddy. Yes. I need a little bit of a pep talk from my older sister the other day oh. to remind me that I'm, I was like, I'm not feeling like my baddest bitch self <sighs> and I need to be reminded. And Weird. then I felt, and then I felt better. And that now feeling I, when it's, you're like, I'm kind of depressed. And then you remember who you are. Yeah. And you step back into your, your divine feminine energy and you're like, yeah, we're back. Yeah, we're back. And we're, we're back. back. <laughs> I just had a little moment. I had a little lapse Took there. a little time off, but we're back. <laughs> 100%. But yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't have a problem pursuing and I don't like once essentially interest is established because that's something I really struggle with. Like I, I'm not good at being like, oh, I think this person is interested. I you know, interested in me. I think it's why like online dating is such an attractive option because there's such, it's explicit. This mm -hmm. person is matched with you. You have talked to this person. They have messaged you. Like that part is just, it's so clear. But like once essentially like interest is established, especially if like you kind of know it's mutual. Like I don't have a problem being like, hey, do you want to go get coffee? Do you want to go do this thing? Do you want to come over? But like when you have to fucking chase the person down. It better be reciprocal is it, what I'm saying. Exactly. It's like, Rejection is scary. Oh yeah. Rejection is so scary. And I like I take it hard. Like mm. it's like I I've like especially like recent like you know, I've had to like really think about it. And it's it's almost like rejection for me is like you've lost. Like you are somehow Your competitive spirit comes exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like the competitor comes out and it's like this was this person is a prize, this person is it's not not a not a game in the sense that it is but you you reflect on like you're like oh what were my shortcomings what did i do wrong what should i have done better rather than being like hey we just didn't align we didn't match it's okay like we have different interests it exactly. wasn't meant to be like it's not on me it's not on him it just was like not the right match and like logically i can work it through mm -hmm. like that but it's that like gut feeling where it's yeah. like you're a loser. Uh -huh. You're not good enough. This person didn't want you. Somebody else is a better pro, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. what? Like, no, no, that's such a bad mindset. But it's just like, it is the inherent one. So, mm -hmm. yes, rejection is rejection. It's is, the ego. It's the, yes, it is the ego. It's the ego. It is the ego. But proud of you for your mindfulness of your thoughts oh, and being you. able to rationalize we're all working on that we've talked about that on the podcast yeah sometimes you need to and you know sometimes if you can't do it yourself you gotta get a pep talk from your big sister exactly exactly or your friend exactly or your podcast mama <laughs> your podcast Hi. mama we're hey. here hey hey <laughs> mommy and daddy are mommy here mommy and daddy are here to <laughs> tell you it's gonna be okay <laughs> Dude, okay, so let's wrap up boundaries with kink, yeah. different types of kink. Anything else you want to talk about with kink that um, you think maybe people would benefit from hearing or that you want to share? And then we were going to segue into a little bit more top topics about monogamy versus polyamory versus... Yeah, just listen to your gut. Options. Honestly, like if you don't feel comfortable with something, that's okay. You you should have a supportive enough... like person who you're doing this with that they're like you know what it's all good and if they start ghosting you be 
because you didn't let them do whatever to you. They're lost. It's their loss, and that wasn't a good person. Like, because they weren't going to listen to you. Something bad was going to happen. You have really avoided mm-hmm. of just a bad, bad situation. But on the upside, if they do listen to you and they're like, you know what? We don't have to do this now. Can we maybe talk about it in like a little bit? And you're just like, okay, sure. You know, like, okay, sure. And they really listen to you. Congratulations. You found a good partner. Mm -hmm. You know, listen to your gut. Your gut is smart. You know, you are smart. If you, if you have like a gut instinct, if your intuition's going off, like you think this, there might be a red flag in somebody and you know your instincts are telling you that you should set a boundary, but you're kind of scared, talk to someone you trust mm-hmm. who you know will like hype you up and like lift, uplift you and empower you and encourage you to, to be outspoken and stand up for yourself because setting boundaries is like an act of self-care and self-love. Yes. Yes, it is. It's how you know yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's like, and it's okay if those boundaries change. Like, it's all good if you're like, I don't really want this guy to come on my face, and it happens. You're like, ah, oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, you can change. Like, it's, you can change. Whatever, it's fine. Like, you know, what if it happens and you're like, oh, I don't like this. Well, at mm-hmm. least you know, then you know it's not for you, and that's okay. Yeah, and like with kink, maybe at the beginning you're like just new to it. You want to explore. You have a lot of boundaries. You're like, okay, I'm only comfortable trying couple little things here Mm -hmm. and then as time goes on you can change that and be like actually i think i'm yeah i'm ready to explore something else i'm ready to try something new like would you you know what i'm saying like you can it's incremental it doesn't have to be all or nothing yes yes 100 percent. nobody starts off doing super hardcore full-fledged bondage yeah yeah nobody starts off doing the most hardcore thing right at the start it's too much you gotta build into it nobody starts off with good good equipment you know that too you gotta start or good sex or good (laughs) oh fuck yeah (laughs) oh you're gonna yeah yeah. everybody starts off with their their spencer's fuzzy cuffs all right and then you called out (laughs) and then you build into you know the good equipment all right Mm -hmm. it's you know that is that is what it is yeah yeah dude yeah okay polyamory versus monogamy Mm. Let's go. Okay. What are your thoughts? You have some good opinions on this, which is why I want to ask. Okay. Um, polyamory is very, very difficult to do well. Um, I was I was telling Lindsay, I have been seeing this hot new word called ethical non-monogamy. So E-N-M, which I, I was actually getting really confused by because I was like, is it like EDM? <laughs> is it like a new form of music? Are we at a rave? Are we at a rave? Why are all these people in Victoria super into raving? Pop the molly, yeah, I'm tripping. Hey. <laughs> I'm like, are all you people vaccinated enough to do this <laughs> ENM business? You got your QR code handy? <laughs> Can I see some secondary identification? <laughs> and then, you know, I was like, oh, it's ethical non monogamy. And. Uh, I personally not a big like I I think that there is probably a difference between ethical non-monogamy and polyamory Mm -hmm. not a big fan of this kind of ethical non-monogamy to me when I see this I think that and you know again tinder is you know set to men you know I'm not looking at kind of like like the female perspective of it so when you know I see like 
men on Tinder who have ethical non-monogamy, the f- I'm just like, cool, you have a relationship and you want to f- fuck bitches. <laughs> like, that's... And there's that... Fuck bitches get money. Fuck bitches get money. <laughs> but it's kind of like what we were talking about with kink, is that there is, you know, there's a lack of, you know, support and care to that, you know, secondary partner which you are Hmm. you know when you get into that situation and I feel like for them they're like well I have a girlfriend so like I don't need to care about you yeah and like it's like a cop-out almost that's exactly what it is it's a fucking Mm cop-out and I like I remember I saw this one profile and it was like it was like sexually open not emotionally open ENM and I was just like what is this shit this is bullshit (laughs) like how and I, I have had lots of casual sex. I have had so many one night stands. Like I distinctly remember the first time that I slept with somebody more than twice. Oh, I was, yeah, getting to three times with this person. I remember who they are. You know, that's a big deal for milestone. me. Milestone. I know milestones, right? Usually it's like the other way around. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Brought him in, and like, and that was fine. But I just. You know, it's that gut feeling that when I see people who have like E&M on their profiles, I'm just like, I don't think you know what you're doing. Like, I don't think that you've mm. done the research. I don't think you've done the reading. I don't really know if you've like talked to your partner about this. It seems like a messy, difficult situation because polyamory done right is not an easy thing. No, it's- it is the pinnacle of communication and ego death. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. That is... That is exactly it. And I don't know how to do, you know, polyamory well or correctly or successfully. Like, I haven't I haven't done it before. I've only ever seen it by proxy. Um, and it's, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And I just, yeah, I see, I see E&M and I'm just like, it's a cop-out. It's a cop-out to really take care of that secondary partner. And to just be able to kind of ghost him and be like, well, you know, my girlfriend's in town. Oh, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, so I can't see you. But, you know, I have like two hours, so can I like come fuck you? Like, that's, that's what goes through my mind. Um, monogamy, also not easy, you know. Mm-hmm. No relationship is easy, but it's kind of like you need to find like what works what works for you? What's wor- what works and what is worth your time and effort to you? Yeah. Because for some people, having sex with the same person and being married to them for literally the rest of your life is seems like a, a, a less enticing option than learning how to communicate properly and how to do polyamory um, that will ethically. Be, ethically, that will be successful for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it can go, it can go both ways, and it can look a million different ways too. Like it, polyamory for one person is completely different for the polyamory that's the lived experience by another person. Like different preferences. Same as kink, like it's a spectrum. Yeah, and I think that it's like a lot of people think polyamory, and they're like, oh, there's one guy with two girlfriends. Like that's you know they love those. Like yeah, Vice loves to toss yeah. those like. Just like those, like really like hot titles out, and you know the women are just like so happy with one another. I'm like nobody, nobody in a polyamorous relationship is so happy with the third, you know, with the third partner. If they are, that's very rare and good for mm. you. 
but it is that is not an easy thing to do yeah and so i find that when people take it casually and they're like oh yeah we're just doing this thing i'm just like it's not a casual thing it's this is not a casual thing this is not a simple undertaking you know you have been brought up in a society that values monogamy that values partner singularity emotional singularity sexual singularity and you're going against that and you're just like oh it's no big deal it's like yeah it is Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. it's as big of a deal as committing to a long-term monogamous partnership like you know what i'm saying like you don't lightly enter into an exclusive long-term monogamous partnership the same way you do not lightly be like oh yeah totally like i'm down for polyamory yeah so if you i don't know if like this is something i don't know like you and your partner are talking about or you're you know maybe you're seeing somebody who's doing enm like oh yeah it's just like not it's just like not a big deal i would be like it's a pretty big deal i'm like i would say that's red flags I would say that you yeah. need to maybe have some serious conversations with somebody. It's not a nonchalant thing. No, it's not. And I can say that from experience. Yeah, you just like have not wanted to like to date honestly since that guy. Like I think that I ha- ha- yeah. I think that like I I've seen you have like a couple of like kind of casual things. I call them situationships. Oh, is that what that is? Oh yeah. Cuz okay. you you don't have the a- title of like, of like boyfriend girlfriend or like partner partner like girlfriend girlfriend like you don't have exclusivity titles but you're like essentially dating for months on end okay this is a new word that like i have also just seen recently mm-hmm. and i feel like so a situationship so essentially you have like it's um, pretty much like a relationship without the title interesting interesting yeah i feel like maybe a situationship would be a good fit for what i want yeah now. for you because I, I was gonna ask now yeah what are you where do you stand because i've shared that i am realize the hard way that I prefer monogamy. Yeah. Do you feel like talking about what your preferences are or like... Yeah, I think I'm also... I think also like long-term I am monogamous. I do... It's it's nice when you're single because I have... You know, I I was in a relationship for a very long time. It's a very good relationship. We had a very... We had... I think as good a breakup as you can have. Um... But, you know, kind of, like, before that, I was single for a very, very, very long time. I am now single, and I am not, I don't want a boyfriend. Like, that was part of, you know, why my partner and I decided to end our relationship, was that we realized that our, what we kind of want long-term in our futures is very, is, is different, and that's okay. Like, we're very attached to one another. Um, we really care about each other. Um, but, like, I... I don't want biological children. I don't think that it's like it would be a good idea. Like I don't think I have good genetics essentially that I should pass on to, you know, a tiny a, a tiny human that's half of me. Mm-hmm. Um and but I'm like I still want um like some type of emotional connection. I want some type of like duty of care essentially in the relationship and like when I was like 21 and like kind of just like fuck like fucking around on tinder and whatever honestly could not give a shit I genuinely could not give a shit and I was like you know what I'm gonna fuck whoever whenever however many times and it's cool and like it really was and like every now and then you know I'd like you know catch the feels and I'd be sad when they left. But you learn something. You learn how to set boundaries. And it's, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm kind of like, I don't know if one night stands are a thing for me. 
you know, and it's a weird realization to, to kind of understand that like, I don't know if I can emotionally detach the way that I used to. And like, part of me is like, fuck, (laughs) fuck, I just want to get laid. And then there's part of me that's like, no, this is good emotional growth. This is good. When you, when you're like, I remember Layla was like, am I having a lapse in my slut judgment? Or is this the new me? (laughs) (laughs) So I either need to like reteach myself how to detach emotionally or I need to realize, or I need to essentially come to the conclusion that you've changed. That I've changed. Your interests, preferences have changed. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Yeah. It's just, it's just like a little bit, it's like a little bit more work. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it, you know, it kind of hurts when you don't get it a text back hmm. but then you just remind yourself that like you are you are your best baddest bitch self <laughs> and yes it's okay that's to, the affirmation and it's okay to get a pep talk from your big sister and your friends mm-hmm. <laughs> yes anytime but yeah that would have sent that and that to me that is not polyamory that is not ethical non-monogamy that is that is something different that is like you are single and you are seeing multiple people yeah but like that's just but you're just communicating with them and you kind of have some You're not type. exclusive. You're not exclusive. You're, you're dating around. Yeah, that's exactly. It's a situ- it's situationship. It's a situationships. Until it evolves. Exactly. I, I really like that word. Yeah. I'm looking for situationships. It's hilarious though because I think it's often used in like a bad way. My family is in Burnaby and I had one summer where I went I went back. I was there for like four months because I needed, I needed a break from training. And at that point I was like into my slut phase where I was just like I'm a fuck you I'm a fuck you I'm a fuck you and you yeah 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 you get a piece of pussy you You get get a a piece of pussy pussy everyone pussy come and get it get it while it's hot get it while it's what yeah um just handing it out on the street corner it's an exchange for good communication and a big dick Please. I'm sorry, but um, the word size queen, I believe, originates from the male gay community. Uh, Layla and I have both appropriated it. (laughs) We're sorry, but it is... Sorry to the gay community of men who say size queen, but... Yeah, that is... Relate. Relate. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. We all have preferences. Dude. Oh, fuck, man. I have to... I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but while we're talking about, like, situationships and casual sex... And Vancouver. Your Vancouver dating scene. And Vancouver dating scene. Here's a fucking story for you. So, I... Again, I'm, like, 21. Um, I think I'm, like... I'm 21 turning 22 at this point. And I was, like, you know what? I just... I. I want to have a lot of sex and I want to cut the bullshit and I don't want to really like go on dates and like do all this shit. And so I made a profile on OkCupid that was literally, it did not have, did not have my face in it. It was literally just like me and my, I remember this, me and my underwear. Dude, I remember. And you said, and I told 12 inches enough. No, no, no. I didn't know. That's a lot. That's a lot. What was it? 10? Eight. 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 And you, and I was literally, like, in Vancouver for the summer, like, um, looking for, like, like, people to have kind of, like, casual sex with, um, just, you know, essentially a situationship, and I was, like, eight inches and up message, 
and you would not believe the amount of hate that I from guys that I got. They were mad. They were fucking angry. They, they were, were blood like, red mad. They were holy shit. I got so many messages where they were like, "You're such a fucking slut. Like you're never gonna find a guy with a dick that big." It's like just say it's small. Just say your dick is small. Like it's fine. Like how how are guys gonna like sit there and shame bodies of femmes and women and like pick and choose like it's the fucking grocery store and you're trying to pick out the right avocado. Yeah. Like and then as soon as it's flipped on them, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. you're whoa. mean, you you're fucking mean. cunty slut. Yeah. You fucking, you fucking <laughs> bitch. You're, you're gonna be alone forever. You fucking you fucking slut. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally. At least, like, two-thirds of the messages that I got. Like, it was fucking... It was insane. Like, how how often that happened. But, to be fair, I also met, like, a really great... Like, I met this, like, really great guy. And we still chat. We Aww. still hang out. And I'm still, like... He got, got a big dick. He got, and he's good at sex. And he's, mm-hmm. like, we communicate well. And, you know, in between relationships... You got Hit it you, up. You dial. You dial that boy up. You and gotta have b- bros in different area codes. <laughs> yes. I was. I was trying to think. I was like, how can I say it, but not. Yeah. yeah. Bros in area codes. I love that. Bros in different area codes. Flip the script. Flip the fucking script. By the way, I would like to quickly interject, just because we're not body shaming. I know actually personally a lot of individuals who very much explicitly prefer smaller penises. Yeah, that's not. There are different preferences. Like, this is not, like, a blanket statement being, no. like, big or go home. Like, that's just our personal preference. The same way some people are, like, ass dudes or, like, they like big boobs. Like, yeah, it is what it is. There's someone I, for everyone. Like, I'm six foot one. Like, not everybody. Big mommy! <laughs> <laughs> there is a reason that I attract submissive men. It's because they're, like, mom, mom. Like, what? step on me? I mean, step on me? I mean, what? <laughs> oh, fuck. This is actually I'm great. Sorry. So, recently, I actually had a guy um, on, my, on like, my Tinder profile message me. And he was, like, respect. He was, like, please respectfully disrespect me. And my what? my message back was, like, do you mean emotionally or, like, with a, with a strap on? Oh! You want to get pegged? <laughs> and I have a... He was, and he was, like lols have not heard back since then oh shit but i'm like please like be explicit and either i can make you i can bring up all Dude. of your childhood trauma or i can fuck you in the butt like what do you want Dude, you're, you're like i have a psychology degree do you want me to mind fuck you or butt fuck you <laughs> <laughs> but just remember boundaries on how far we can go consensual yeah how far we can go down the parental disappointment hole. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So I, you know what? Sorry, any family members listening right now. <laughs> Don't bring this up at Christmas. <laughs> um. So yeah, no. We're so off track. I'm so sorry. It's okay, but yeah, it's okay. Big dicks, not the be all end all. Vancouver, Burnaby. Oh, right. Okay, we're getting back to that. So, anyways, so that, so at like that point, obviously, like. I'm not trying to date. I'm not trying to find a boyfriend or whatever. And so, like, that works well for me. But my older sibling is in Vancouver um, wanting to date. And it is, like, people are not... People are shit. Mm-hmm. People are super shit. They're, they're bad at making plans. They're bad at keeping plans. It's literally like, oh, it's, it's a Vancouver and it's raining outside. So I, I'm going to cancel the date because I don't want to walk in the rain. 
What? It's like, maybe don't live on the West Coast. Maybe don't live in Vancouver specifically where it rains all the time. Yeah. But no, people, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like dating in Vancouver is super shit. And like... I have a theory. Yeah? Tell me about it. I think it's worse in bigger cities um, because, especially with our phone and with dating apps, our generation have so many options at our fingertips yeah that people like would they I, th- I have a theory that people see it as them viewing their opportunity i mean excuse me restricting their opportunities and hindering themselves and their potential quote-unquote game if they were to actually commit to somebody right because like temptation is a bitch grass is always greener the grass is always greener like if you have tinder on your phone and you have all these gorgeous humans at a swipe away, yeah. People always will be like, "Oh yeah, like this person that I'm seeing is like really, really cool, but also like I don't want to be tied down because look at all these other people giving me attention." I honestly, I totally agree with that. I think that is a huge, huge part of it, and I just like that's tough for your sis though. It's super tough, and she, she's like, "I just want love." Yeah, I just I want it. I want somebody. Literally, it's. But it's like, I want somebody who can communicate and somebody who I can have good sex with and somebody who is, like, kind of, like interesting and fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't feel like that's a super high bar. And it doesn't have to be monogamous. Exactly. It's just like... A, they're they're not. And that's, yeah. you know, but they know how to do it properly. They yeah. know what works for them. You know, they know how to set boundaries. It's still like a commitment and communication and respect. Yeah. And people just like... Oh. Yeah, so anyways, dating in Vancouver, such a bitch. I, I mean, to be fair, I don't want to move back to Vancouver. It's um, expensive. Oh, God. It's just not for me. It's just not for me. Like, if I'm going to move to a big city, not Vancouver, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. Mon- Montre- I Honestly, when I went to Montreal, I really liked Montreal. I just would struggle with the cold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really so affordable to live there. Oh, fuck it. It's so, it's so nice and, like... The food is good and it's it's interesting and it's it's so much fun. I was in Montreal when I was 18 turning 19 and I had this roommate and she I got she was in a in a situationship with this guy and you know this is obviously like the first time that I like I'm seeing something like this. And I was like, oh is that your boyfriend? She's like, no, we just sleep together. And I was like, you know, 18-year-old me just like was like, what? Like could not like and could not for the life of me figure it out and it's so funny um it's just like the city and like the like the people it attracts are like so different so i'm talking about kind of like fun times in montreal she's going to the like the oceaga uh festival and you know she's going through the list of the things that she needs to get she's like okay gotta get like sunscreen gotta get water snacks uh molly e <laughs> some good cocaine uh runners a sun i was like just a typical to-do list. Nobody's nothing to see here. It was just like, ex- well, pardon? Pardon? <laughs> like, what? Excuse? What? Excuse? Like, my, my little, like, teenage brain was just, like, totally blown. Do you speak French? No. Oh, that, so that's literally your accent. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like, I can, at that point, I could, like, ask for directions. I could understand directions, which was very helpful. Um, but that is essentially the extent of my French. So you're mind blown by this individual. I'm just mind blown by it. And just like, just like what 
life can be like. Because I, you know, I'd always had such like a regimented life, such a controlled life that I was like, wow, there's a whole other way to go about doing things. And then I didn't really get it until I turned like 21 and I was like, all right, all right, all right. I see. I'm late to the party, but we're here now. Yeah. Always late, but worth the wait. Oh, that's great. I know, right? I never heard that one. Yeah, that's good. Hey, yeah, I like that. I didn't come up with that myself. No, fair enough. Yeah, no, I don't take... I don't take ownership over what Instagram has actually given me. I, yeah. It's like a big melting pot of catchphrases and memes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But yeah, no. Montreal, Montreal's great. Would date in Montreal. Would not date in Vancouver. Have you, did you check out like the dating scene in Montreal there? Or was it just like from what you'd witnessed through that other individual? No, I, no, I, I still had a flip phone at that point. Nice. (laughs) So yeah, there was no... No dating in Montreal. Again, I was so just... Young and naive. Young and naive and didn't know what the heck was going on. There's no way that I would have done that. Um, But I just think that it's like... I just think that the city is so different from Vancouver. I would like to think that the dating scene would be different. And therefore, the people would be different. Mm -hmm. And hopefully better. (laughs) Hopefully. But yeah, dating in Vancouver, not great. Dating in Victoria, you get a lot of men who present you with fish and deer, you know? Oh, that is the classic dating profile for heterosexual cis men here. Yeah, I, and I'm just like, not, you know, it's fine if it's your thing. I appreciate that you can, you can hunt and, but it's just not for me, you know? Not for me either. Not for me, not the thing I really want to see on your dating profile, you know? No, I know. Doesn't really trigger... That's not the thing that triggers my my lizard brain, you know, <laughs> instincts. Literally. Literally. If, if anything, it repels. Maybe a little bit, yeah. It's Me. like I respect I respect the, the skill, but I still don't want you showing me a fish. Yeah, I'm like, I'm vegetarian, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. But it's interesting because there are a lot of people on the island who are like into that. Like, so I'm from the Comox Valley, right? You're from Burnaby, I'm from Comox. And there's, like, all these hockey dudes in the valley, and they would all, like, cut their hair into mullets (coughs) and bleach it. But it wouldn't even be, like, a nice... It would be, like, a yellowish-orange bleach, and then they would grow out these nasty little poo stashes (laughs) and would would dye them dark black. Like, so they would have... And they would, like, stain their lip because they don't even have really any hair. Do you know what you call those types of... Those type of mustaches? What? They're lip sweaters. Oh, no! Maybe in this case... Not it's like, a vest. A vest. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's not enough to count as a sweater. It's a vest. Like summer lining. like. And then you get upgraded to a cardigan, and then you're a sweater. Oh, my gosh. The stages of male puberty defined in outerwear. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was the grossest thing ever. It is. But so many fucking girls would be like fall, like falling Ooh. over themselves, like tripping to get yeah. to the next hockey guy. Like they would go to the games and be like, like they thought they were such hot shit. And I was like, uh, really? Like really? more for you, honey. Like have it, go, go have at it. I'm... I'm gonna dip. I'm gonna yeah. leave the valley. Like this isn't the play. This isn't my yeah. scene. Maybe the hockey player's girlfriend, but not the hockey player. Literally, do they get the hottest girls? I'm like, 
Honey. <laughs> Come I, with me. I could eat you out so much better. Let me take care of you. I will <laughs> dom you better than any of these weird betas <laughs> who have to dye their poo stashes to make it look even visible whatsoever, okay? I was like, I have more fucking testosterone than them. <laughs> With their fucking ugly ass sweater vest, poo stashes, <laughs> and bleached out mullets. What are you doing, honey? <laughs> You're batting below your league. Oh god, I'm dying. Dude, I just like, there's one girl. She's from, she's from Alberta. No, I'm not Alberta. <laughs> yeah, she's from Alberta. That's another bad scene. Yeah, that's the place where those kind of guys thrive. They congregate. <laughs> <laughs> they are developed. <laughs> There's just a nest of them. But then throw on some cowboy boots and a little bit of fucking conservatism. <laughs> yes, yes. But all on the West Coast, they smoke weed and wear blendstones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they affront like a white feminist. Like they think they're woke, but they're still not. <laughs> Yeah, they think they're super unique, but then their brethren over in Alberta are like, no, brethren? no, no, <laughs> like spitting their chew tobacco, like on the streets, disrespectful as fuck. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Alberta. Okay. So anyways, this girl from Alberta was just like, there's nothing hotter than a hockey guy with a mullet. And she's talking about this guy that she thinks is super sexy. And he has, well, I'm going to upgrade him to a, I, I will upgrade him to a lip, a lip sweater. Cause it was filled out <laughs> enough. It was filled out enough. Um, he had dark hair. He didn't need to dye it. So he gets lip sweater status. status. And she's just like, this is the sexiest guy that I've ever seen. Oh my God. And I was just like, the fuck is that? Ew. <laughs> the fuck is that? And I just, <sighs> I'm like, uh, I, uh, uh, um, did my did my ovaries just dry out looking at you? I think I'm infertile all of a sudden. <laughs> but yeah, shop is closed up. Oh, I didn't know that there is a zipper on my vagina. <laughs> oh, oops, just actually slipped into my chastity belt. <laughs> Threw away the key. Yeah, literally swallowed the key. <laughs> Dude, I don't get it. I but don't... you know what? Hey, what were we saying? People have different preferences. There's, you know what? There's a person out there for everybody. Yeah. So There's... like, you do you, boo, with your fucking little weird sweater vest mustache or your fucking <laughs> weird haircut. Yeah. I, yeah, no, like, I know that I have a type. It, yeah. it kind of like... There's a type, I realized that there's a type of guy that I date and there's a type of guy that I, I situationship with. Yeah. I casual with. Oh. It's weird. It's interesting. We you like look for different things depending on what you need. Yeah. I think so. Like, I think the relationship the between like my, my two past relationships, like intellectually, they're very much the same. Ah. Like different, different, like, um, they're different emotionally a little bit but like they would communicate in a very similar way they had very similar interests they were in the same educational stream because you know i want to same you also want to talk to you want a smart boy you know yes i need somebody intellectual because can't talk to a wall with a sweater vest on their face <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how it does not matter how nice their abs are or how big no. their dick is Honey, if you don't read a book, or you don't listen to a podcast, or you don't have an opinion about things... Yeah, if you're just like, 
Yeah, I drink Luckies <laughs> with the boys and uh, crush hard ones and fucking just shred, bro. Like, I just rip. It's just not for me. It's fine, but it's not for me, you know? But I look at the guys that I have situationships with, that I have, you know, maintained sort of some type of, like, connection with between, you know, like, lo- like long-term, like, casual you know, between relationships and stuff like that. And I look at them, I'm like, oh, there are a lot of physical similarities between you guys. Ah, it's, it's weird. So you, like, objectify your hookups more. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't objectify. <laughs> well, like, hey, that's what came out wrong. I mean, like, maybe you select your more casual situationships based on physical appearance. Yeah, 100%. And then your romantic relationships, the type is intellectual and interest-based. Yeah, and there definitely is also a lot of similarity in their personalities too like for the situationships they are all very smart men who are generally very tall generally very athletic um and they are always a little bit emotionally removed like Uh they're really like they're really busy with work yeah like or they're really busy with something else and they don't have time for a relationship so like these guys have generally been kind of single because of their job for a really long time so they have a really good idea of essentially how to make a situationship work well and they're all fit like they all mm-hmm. have shredded wheat oh they're so yeah they're all you know <laughs> all right and don't slide off your chair over there. <laughs> we call them up um, <laughs> Excuse me, clean up clean up aisle. clean up in the apartment um <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, no, and like even when I look at like, you know, like now maybe like the, you know, more potential situationship relationships, I start seeing those patterns again and I'm like, is this a good sign? <laughs> you know, you know, is this a good sign? Like, is it. Slut judgment? Is that you back? Are you back? Are you back? Hello, honey. <laughs> I've missed you. After you nested for a while. Yeah, you nested and I, I put, I put that one to. Put that one to bed for a bit and pulling it out. The box is a little dusty, but the manual's still there. Kind of love compartmentalization, huh? I am good at it. Yeah. I do, and like again, uh-huh. and again, I'm like, I'm, I'm rusty at it. But yeah, you know, between ages like 21 and 24? Ooh, honey, I was good. Ooh. <laughs> she was slick with it. I was so good. It was like just like putting away boxes in a shelf. Like I just like pull it out, put it back in. And every now and then it was frustrating because, you know, boxes would, you know, fall out of the shelf. And, <laughs> you know, they'd, you know, want to be open all the time. But then you just got to, you know, put the lid back on, put it back in. And that's, but now it's, now it's a little harder, you know? Yeah. You got to figure it out. Back in a gray area, if I could do a little callback in our conversation. Yeah, we're back in some gray area right now. And the it's unknowns. Tough. Oh, the unknowns. Everyone's like, you have to get the most gross. The most growth happens when you're in the unknown. And I'm like, is that real though? I mean, growth is uncomfortable. Growth is uncomfortable. So maybe I'm just... Are you growing? Am I growing back my, my slut senses? <laughs> the spidey sense. Slut yeah. spidey senses. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe? Mm. Mm. We're just like brush. We gotta brush them off first. They're a little dust off the old tickle trunk and get out. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that for a second. Oh shit! 
I gotta put a label on it. And every, when everyone's like, I somebody comment, I was like, oh, that's really nice. I'm like, why, thank you. And then it's like, what is this? Like, the tickle trunk. Maybe when you have like a guest on, you like personalize the photo or something like that. And this will be this will be my personalized photo. Is the tickle, the tickle trunk? I was thinking that right because I just started that Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to a place like I'm not really a graphic designer by any means, but I really do want to have at least some kind of visual, even if it's just like a, a line that was said in the podcast or yeah, like some kind of thing to represent the episode. And then every episode of podcast release, there would be, yeah, like a visual being posted to Instagram to like catch people's attention. I love that. Can I be the tickle? Can I be the tickle trunk episode? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much okay, thank for you so this wonderful conversation. Is there anything you would like to, any concluding statements, sentiments, feelings, any closure you need, anything else you would like to share before we say goodbye today? Um, I am, this is really fun. I'm really proud of you for learning more mm -hmm. and renaming the podcast and white people don't use the word ho mm -hmm. yeah that would be that'd be my closing statement yeah thank you and thank you for being able to call me out i really truly appreciate when people can respectfully call others out and help you know uplift each other out of these problematic things like yeah we gotta help each other along because you don't know what you don't know until you know, know it <laughs> all right Bye. Bye.